Listen, we, we're going to do something today. I struggled a little bit with this, and I'll tell you why in just a second. I was, uh, last week, I was just preparing for the message uh, last week, and the Lord kept bringing me back to this particular passage we're going to talk about today. And, um, and all this week, I've been thinking about this passage. Um, if you were here when we started the service, this is the very first message, passage I spoke out of, the opening day of Thrive Worship Center. And it's come five and a half years, kind of full circle, and we're going to talk about this again because it, it just brings a whole new light to where we are right now in the days that we're living in, in the times that we're living in. And I really feel like that God's preparing us. I think he's preparing us for what we need, not for what the world's going to do. He's preparing us for what we need to be effective, to be strong, and to make it through whatever comes our way. Because, again, our hope is not in people. Our hope is not in uh, people that hold office. You know, if, 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 you, if you let that be your source of hope, you just need to come on down here to the altar right now <laughs> and get set free. Because that's not where your hope's going to come from. Um, so, as, but as we were just thinking through and praying this week, I was just like, Lord, uh, what do you want to do? And I really feel like it's amazing because even with the songs that we sing, I feel like God wants to open our eyes to see, to see clearly. Because you, there's more to what's going on than just what you see. There is more to life than what you're seeing. There's more to life than what you're experiencing. God is not finished with you. You're still breathing. God's still got something for you. And he, he wants, I believe that in these days we're in right now, I don't believe the church is supposed to just survive. We're supposed to, say it with me, thrive. You know what thrive means? Flourish, prosper, succeed, to grow. Basically, when I say that we're called to prosper, I'm not talking about, you know, some people think when you hear prosperity, you're like, oh, money, money, money. No. I think God can bless and, and financially take care of people. He does that too. But I mean prosper in every way. Hope, joy, peace, all the stuff that it means that your whole life, everything, prosper. You have everything you need whenever you need it. And that's what I believe God wants to God wants to do. So I want to talk to you today about, uh, but I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to go into this saying, Lord, speak to me. This is not a message for you to just listen to. This is a message that you need to receive. And you need to say, Lord, speak to me today. Show me where I'm at in this. And we're just going to walk through just verse by verse of this passage. And we're going to obviously have some other verses. And if we don't hit every verse, I put them in here so you also can have have these throughout the week. And that's part of the reason why we do these notes is so you can throughout the week just go back and just continue to read over what God's speaking to us as a church. Luke 18, 35 through 43. Jesus approached Jericho. A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. 
And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, say it with me. I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see. He followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. All right, I want us to jump into this passage, and I'm just going to I'm just going to go. You got your notes, all right? So don't be so tied down. If you're real OCD and I skip around, don't let it bother you, all right? Just don't let it bother you. But we're going to talk about it. Look at verse 37. Here's this guy, this blind guy. He's a blind beggar on the side. And he's, obviously, he doesn't see. And he's just, he's in need. And this is the thing that we're going to start with this. He hears that Jesus is around. He hears Jesus is around. This is what, this is what I think we all have to re- understand and remember. Jesus is all we need. And if we know that he's around, then we know we can go to him and he's going to take care of us. But this, this, this blind man realized, you know what? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Now, when we prepared for this, I had no idea that the service would go the way it did just a few minutes ago, this morning after, during our worship time. But I want you to know I believe that God is speaking to us, and that's why things flow the way they do. Because God wants us to have our eyes on him. God wants us to look at him. As much as we have great people in this room, There was no one in this room that can change your life like Jesus. There is no one in this room that can help you like Jesus can. There is no one in this room, when you're going through a difficult situation, just their presence is going to help you. Doesn't mean it's not nice to have somebody with you, but you're still going to be going on human effort. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes it's not physical blindness that we have. It's spiritual. And we don't see Jesus. And you know what? Have you ever made this statement? I don't see how we're going to make it. See what you're saying? I don't see how we're going to make it. You watch the news? I don't see any, I don't see any hope. I don't see how, how this is going to look at, turn for good at all. I don't see, I don't see. You get a report from a doctor, I don't see how I'm going to make it through this. Your job has to change, man, I I don't see how this is going to work at all. Trying to figure something out, a plan that you know God has for you, but you're not seeing all the details of it. You know, when God asked me to leave and leave the church we were at and begin to pursue what he had for me, I I didn't see what it was. There's parts of not seeing that where we have to exercise faith and we just have to trust. But I will tell you this, your hope is in God. Your hope is in God. This is what I believe. If, if God is where your hope is, then he should be where you're running to. Because you're going to run somewhere where you feel hope and you feel a sense of security. And the Bible talks about being like children, not not childish, but childlike. 
But you know what little kids do when they get nervous and afraid and their parents are around? They run to them. Why? Because they feel protected. They, they feel hope. They feel like, you know, if, if dad's holding me, it's going to be all right. If mom picks me up, I'm going to be okay. Little babies, when they're crying, they, you know, you pick them up and they stop. Why is that? Because they, they feel soothed. That's what God wants to do for you. You're going to run to where you feel hope. And if you feel hope in God, you'll run to him. Let's look at a few scriptures. Look at uh, Psalms 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel. He never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself, listen to this, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forevermore. You know, several times it says the Lord himself watches you. The Lord himself. You know what the Lord doesn't do is hire a babysitter for you. He doesn't say, well, you know, y'all watch him. I ain't got time. No. The Lord himself is looking after you. The Lord himself has his eyes on you. On you. And he says, I'll be, your, I'll, I'll be your help. I'll protect you. I'll guard you. I will keep an eye on you. And I will not let you fall. That's the kind of God that we serve. There's hope there. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Listen, hope deferred means if you just, if you don't have hope, that's a horrible feeling. And as a believer, hear me when I say this, you should always have hope. Even when there seems to be no way, the Bible says that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. When Moses got to the Red Sea, there seemed to be no way. God said, strike the water. He struck the water, there's your way. That's how God works. Nothing is impossible. There'll be a way. There'll be a way. That's, that's God's promise. Look at Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, look at this next phrase, the source of hope. Where does your hope come from? God. He's the source. So the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize our hope can only be in God. Our hope can only be in the Lord. And here's what happens. In, look, go ahead to uh, verse 38 of uh, Luke 18. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew he had hope. He called for Jesus. But listen to me. I know I've, some of this, I've told you this before, but this is what I love. I love. And I don't know why I'm like all in the audience today. This is what I love. They said, the, the beggar says, who, who is it? Why is everybody making noise? And they said, because Jesus of Nazarene is here. He's walking by. So, so Bartimaeus, he goes, he says, Jesus, son of David. Now, listen to me. They told him Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, yet he yelled out, Jesus, son of David. 
You know why? Because the son of David, it shows that there was an understanding that, that Jesus is the Messiah in the lineage of David. That's what the Bible talks about. So realizing son of David means you're realizing that's the Messiah that was prophesied about. That's the Jesus they were talking about. That's, that's the Messiah, the king. That's Jesus, the son of God. That's who that is. That's not just a man from Nazareth. That's Jesus who can change my life. That's Jesus who can set me free. That's Jesus who can take care of my blind eyes. That's the Jesus I need. And here's the thing today. There's a lot of people that know Jesus, but they just know Jesus, that he was, he was mentioned in Scripture and people talk about him. But you have to know Jesus. You have to know who he is. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you know Jesus, he will set you free, but you have to know him. You can't just know about him. You have to know him as your Lord, know him as who he really is. See, to some people, he, was he really Jesus from Nazarene? Yes. But he was also Jesus, the Messiah. So how do we look at, see, there's different ways to look. To some he's this, to some he's this, but who is Jesus to you? Is he your source of hope? Is he your Messiah? Do you see Jesus as the one that, that the Bible prophesied about in the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied about, the one that would have come and take away the sin of the world? That's the Jesus we're talking about, the one who died on the cross thinking about you, taking your sin and your sickness and your struggle on the cross because he loved you. That's the Jesus we're talking about. Not just some man that grew up. Not just some what some people say he was just a prophet. No, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He is, he is all God. He came as all man, but he is all God. That's who we're talking about. So how do you see him? How do you see him? See, to some people, I'm just Scott. To some people, I'm Pastor Scott. Playing softball, I'm just Scott. Or Jinx, whatever. Here, I'm Pastor Scott. At home, I'm Dad. And sweet baby, I'm just kidding. She doesn't call me that. She doesn't call me that at all. I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know where that came from. We got to take that out. Chase, Chase had a fever last night, so Patty's at home, so that actually worked out good. Um, but I might be like honey or baby or whatever. But, it, but you're different. Whoever you're talking to, they see you different. There's a lot of people that say, Jesus, son of Nazareth. There's a lot of people that say, Jesus, oh, yeah, I heard about him. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's a God or son of a God. Or he's, yeah, I've heard of, he's a prophet. He's this, he's that. But, you know, who is God to you? Who is Jesus to you? Because he might be this to somebody else, but you have to decide. Who is Jesus to me? And if he's your Messiah, and he's your Lord, and he's your Savior, then guess what? You are in a great place. Because you'll begin to see him for what he can do for you and what he already has done for you. And you won't walk in the same uh, load of frustration and depression and just, oh, it's so miserable. You won't be like that. If you know Jesus then you got what you need. That's it, just to know him. Look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. As we're moving to, once they, once he, because he knew who Jesus was, he knew he could help him, so he called out to Jesus. 
He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. We, God wants you. He says in his word, ask of me. Let me know. Talk to me. We're going to look at these scriptures. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He's saying, listen, pray about it. Talk to me about it. That's what God is saying. Look, talk to me about it. You know how quick people can be when, you, when something happens that the first thing they want to do is let, make sure, talk to somebody else about how frustrated they are. Talk to somebody else about how miserable they are. Talk to somebody else and compare sad stories. But sometimes, listen, if you're going to talk to somebody, talk to someone who's going to lift you up. Talk to somebody who's going to encourage you in the things of the Lord. But what if we do what the Word says? Before we worry about anything, let's pray about it. Because if you know that Jesus is your Lord and Messiah, and you know he can do it and your hope is in him, then you're going to confidently come before him, expecting that he hears you and that, that you will have the things you ask of him with confidence. That he's listening and he hears you. All right, let's go to the next, next passage. Look at Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Always means always. Every time, every minute, every second, God is always there to help you. When you need help and you're hurting and you're struggling and you know Jesus is right there. And you know that he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Then call out to him. Because he's, he's calling out to you right now and saying, listen, I'm always here when you need me. I'm always here to help you. Always. Just ask. Just ask. He's not going to force himself on you. But when you ask, he's there. He will, he, he's there anyway. But sometimes we want to do our own thing and God's saying, listen, if you'll let me, I'll do it. I'll do the work in you. I'll do the work through you. I'll take care of you. Ask. Look at the next scripture, uh, Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. Keep on asking. You will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. You will find. Keep on knocking. The door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Listen, I'm not just telling you this, those nice little phrases. That's the Bible. Ask. Keep on asking. Just keep on asking. That means don't just like, Lord, we got nothing happened. See, he doesn't ever listen. Keep on asking. Faith and patience inherit the promise. You keep asking. You keep believing God, claiming his word, speaking his word. Do not give up. Do not get discouraged. You ask. The Bible says when you ask, you'll receive. When you seek, you find. When you knock, the door will be open. That's the promise of God. That's not, that's not me. That's his word, that everyone who asks will receive. All right. Now, here's, here's what happens in verse 38. So now you have hope. Then you have him where he actually knew God can do this thing. So he asked Jesus. He called out, Jesus, help me. And when he, when he started to yell out, here's what happened. The crowd, the crowd told him, be quiet. The crowd told him, I think it's verse 39. They're like, hey, be quiet. The people in front of yelled at him. That means the one's like, hey, hey, calm it down. They're like, be quiet. Trying to stop him. It says, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. 
You want to know where your greatest victory is going to come? When your pursuit of Jesus is stronger than your wanting to fit in with people. When your pursuit of Jesus is more important to you than what people think about you. Because a lot of people today, when people start coming against them, they stop. They pull back. Well, I don't want to be like weird. Can I tell you, in these days, if you're going to serve Jesus, you're going to be weird. To people. You're not weird. People will look at it like, what are you doing? But the day is coming when Jesus is going to come for all of us weird people. And everybody else is going to know they were right. They were right. He's real. God is real. You know how it looks today? It's not as always as black and white as someone yelling, stop, stop, stop. But they begin to talk about, oh, the things of the world. Look, look how bad it's going. And we jump on that. You know what we're doing? We're rolling with them. We have our pursuit of Jesus has to be stronger than everything else. It has to be. You're going to have people all day long yelling at you. Maybe not verbally yelling or audibly, but the world system is going to be yelling at you every day. Do it this way. Do it this way. React this way. Handle it this way. Say this. Say that. Give up. Let it go. Don't believe that anymore. That's not true. The world is going to do everything they can to get you off track. But when your pursuit of Jesus is stronger than what people think about you, you have just set yourself up for the miraculous. You've just set yourself up to say, God can do anything through me. And nobody is going to stop me. Nobody. And we're not seeing that today like we should. We're not seeing that kind of pursuit. We're seeing it in, we're seeing it in church buildings. You go in churches and you'll see, you'll see the hooping and hollering and oh Jesus and woo and the sways and the hands and the shouting and all that stuff. But then they walk out and all that's gone. I'm talking about, can you walk out of this building knowing that that's where it all happens? That's where the world's going to come at you. That's where the world's going to try to get you off track, get you to stop, get you to be quiet and not pursue like you're pursuing. And, and if you let it, you'll miss the miraculous. It's all around us. We can't let the world grab hold of us. We can't let the world stop us. We can't. You know what else stops it? I'm just gonna, I'll just say this too. Is sometimes the world, see, we, we're all about getting the church out into the world. But you know what else we got to do? We got to get the world out of the church. Sad to say, there's more sometimes in, not this one. I'm just saying overall, there's more messed up stuff inside the church walls, which is why people don't want it. People aren't flocking to the church because we're, we're not showing them anything different. You know, I, I had, this was, uh, I had somebody recently, they were talking about something and they were like, uh, it was, I was actually meeting with another pastor. I was interviewing this pastor for something. They were talking about, we're asking different questions. One of the questions came up about how you, um, how you handle people in the church that 
don't agree with what you're doing. And it's amazing that some of the pastors, when you start talking with other pastors, you find out every church has it. Well, I don't think you should do that. Well, we sing too much. Well, we don't sing enough. Oh, you preach too long. You don't preach enough. Everybody's got, everybody's got an opinion. Let me, let me help you out with something. If your heart's right, you can, get at, you can get anything you want out of service. 40 Bible verses coming at you, and if you can't get anything because you don't appreciate a certain thing, I'm not saying here, no one's in here is like that, but <laughs> when you got Bible coming at you and, you and you leave frustrated, then you've just missed it. You've just allowed the world to let you focus on a preference than the truth. That's why we're not different. We're so, we're so quick to criticize. We're so quick to want things our way. And what we're saying here is, look, God, we want things your way. No one can stop us. If I, and, and again, I don't have, I've never had anybody really complain to me. So if, if you are complaining, you're doing very good at keeping it low. Uh, but here's what, I, here's what I will say. If I wanted to please everybody, I would be a wreck. I would be a wreck. If I just had my preference, I would even do things different. Doesn't that sound crazy? I would do things different. Lord, I mean, I, I'll go with that, but what about, but I know what the Lord said to me. He said, Scott, listen here. I, the Lord, will build my, the Lord's church. And the only church that the gates of hell will not prevail against are the one that he builds. And if we stay true to let him build it, we're fine. We're fine. We can't let, we can't let our, our, our past or our preferences change or cause us to miss what God is really wanting to do. And it happens everywhere. We got to make sure, listen, what's the Lord want? Let's do it his way. And if people try to stop you, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Nemo, keep swimming. Right? Keep swimming. It's, I, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it's easy. Have I ever had moments of, you know what, I, I don't think I can do this. I have. Don't let it scare you. I never did it. But I've had moments of, Lord, it's just too much. You know why? Because the world's like, oh, it should be this way, it should be this way. Most of the time when I start to get overwhelmed, it's because I start allowing all of people's ideas and all of everything to swarm me. And then I start trying to figure out there's no way I can, I can't please all these people. I, can't, I, I have other people telling me I should plan, uh, I should do it this way. If I want to go to the church, I should do this. I don't know how to do that. It happens to everybody. Just, just check yourself and say, Lord, it doesn't matter how loud my surroundings speak. It doesn't matter how loud my circumstance speak. I have set my face before you. I have set my feet on the path. And I will continue to move in your direction. And when the enemy tries to get me to shut up, I will speak louder. Listen, not too long ago, I went on a fast. And I was going to fast for just a couple of days. And day two, 
I was starving. I mean, I was like, I got to get something. I was like, Lord, I, I, my body is just yelling. Brother, I don't know what's going on up there, but you ain't brought anything down here in a while. That's my stomach talking. Like, hey, hook us up. It's been a couple days. You know what I decided to do? I decided to fight my flesh. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go another day. I went a week without eating anything. Why? Because I thought, I'm not giving in just because. The louder my flesh talks, the louder my spirit's going to talk back. I said, listen, I'm just taking some time to seek the Lord, to hear from God, and I need to just, I just need to stop my flesh from being any part of it right now. And I had felt the Lord told me to do that, so I'm not saying that, you know, oh, I've got to do that to be spiritual. No, you can fast between meals if you want. But, well, <laughs> just kidding. That makes sense. Uh, but you know what? There was a time when I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know what? Keep, keep playing. You keep coming again to me, I'll go louder. I'll go longer. When the enemy tells you you can't do it, you know what? You believe God and you talk, you let him know I can and, and I will. You, you move forward. Move forward. Take little steps, but you don't give up. Okay, the crowd was trying to stop. 1 Corinthians 4, 3, Paul says this. As for me, it matters very little how, people are, how I might be evaluated by you or any human authority. We said this last week. He didn't even trust how his own judgment was at that point. But can we get to the point where it says, listen, it doesn't matter how everybody views me. Let's go to the next verse. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. If you're so concerned about making sure everybody's happy, that's a dangerous trap. If you're going to be a people pleaser, you might as well go ahead and get the ibuprofen. You're going to be miserable. Look at the next verse. The fear of human opinion, this is the message translation, the fear of human opinion disables. It literally stops you. Let's go ahead to the next one. Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. That's pretty harsh, pretty straightforward. You can't be God's servant if you're going to try to please everybody. But I promise you this, if you will be God's servant and live for him, you will please the right people. Because if you, if you live for God and please him, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be a great worker. Your employer is going to love you. You're going to be a great husband or wife. You're going to be a great father or, or mother. Because the more, you, the more you pursue into God, the more he makes you into the way he is. And you will please the kind of people that you need to please. But you, you, just, can't, you just can't please everybody. That doesn't mean that you treat people bad. Well, pff, I'm not going to please everybody anyway, so who cares? Doesn't mean that. But it means when it comes down to this is what God says, this is what people say. Your answer should always be this is what God says. In ministry, there's a lot of people that told me this is how you should do it. And the Lord just led us a different way. Doesn't mean that that was bad. Just means the way he led us was different. And you know what? I'm glad I chose his way. I'm glad I chose his way because it's a lot more productive and it's a lot better and it's a lot less stressful. And he gets the glory and he gets the blame, but it doesn't go bad. So you never have to blame him because he's good at it. He's very successful all the time. So it's all about him. All right. Then I love this about 
at when, they, uh, when the guy finally says, it doesn't matter what the crowd says, he yells out for Jesus again. Verse 40 and 41, here's what Jesus does. When Jesus heard him, he stopped, and he ordered the man to be brought to him. This reminds me of the passage when Jesus was going with Jairus to pray for his daughter who was sick, and the woman that had an issue of blood, she came and touched the hem of his garment. In Mark chapter 5, she came and touched the hem of his garment. And she was healed, and Jesus stopped. And here's Jairus, whose daughter is sick, and saying, can you come pray for my daughter? And on the way, Jesus stops and addresses this lady who had just been healed. Because she reached out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she was healed because of her faith. And Jesus stopped and even spoke to that and said, great is your faith. I've never seen that, that much faith. That's some great faith, great faith. And he speaks to her. You know what kind of reminds me of that Jesus Listen, when you call on him, he stops, and he listens to you. He cares about you. And you think with millions and millions and millions of people calling on Jesus, and he hears us all, and he stops for all of us, and he helps us with right there where we are, right there where we are. He meets you where you are, and that's what he did here. He stopped, and he ordered the man be brought to him, and as, Jesus, as the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. <clears throat> so he asked him, he said, listen, what do you want? You know what? I, my guess is the Lord probably had an idea. Blind man on the side of the road begging. He has to say, listen, bring him to me because he's not going to be able to get here on his own, help him. You, you, did you really have to ask him? But he asked, listen, what is it that you need? He says, I want to see. You know what, this week, I felt like the Lord said to me, Scott, what, what, do you, what do you need? And you know what I said? I didn't say, Lord, I need a bigger church. I need more people, money, stuff. You know what I said? I said, Lord, I want to see. I want my eyes open to see things I've never seen before. To see you in a greater way. To see how big, how big you really are. Even though if I saw it that big, my head would probably explode. But just, just want to see you bigger. I want to keep growing in my knowledge of you. And my understanding of you. And I went to this scripture in Ephesians. But we'll get there in a minute. Let me just tell you about the response of Jesus. When, it, when, it, when, it, when Jesus responds... It's because he cares. And his word is so true that, listen, God's desire is he wants to help you. And he, we talked about earlier, he wants you to ask him. He wants you to come tell him. He's asking you, what do you want? What do you want? And if God was here today in the flesh, standing in front of you, I said, what is it that you want? What would you ask him for? My prayer today is that you would ask him to open your eyes, to see life different. Some of you need to see yourself different. Some of you need to see God different. Some of you need to see your, you need to see people different. Maybe, maybe you're blind in some areas and you don't know. God wants to restore that. Look at this, these scriptures. In 1 John 5, it talks about we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Since we know he hears us, we make our request. We also know that he'll give us what we ask for. The Bible says when you ask according to his word, 
you'll have the things that you ask for. Go to the next verse, please. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it'll be granted. See, some people take that out of context, and they take that last part. I can ask for God for anything I want. Listen, if you remain in him and he's in you, you're only going to ask for the things that line up with what he wants. And that's what he's talking about. When you're connected to him and he's connected to you and you're, you're realizing who he is and what he can do and what his word says, you're going to begin to ask along those things. And when you ask according to the word, you'll receive those things that you ask for. And then let's go to John 14. Believe that I am the Father, the Father is in me, or at least because, believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Again, when you're pursuing God and living with him, listen, you go to God with confidence in the name of Jesus. That's how you go to God, in the name of Jesus. I, I, I use this illustration. It's the best way for me to help, help you understand, but... You know, I went to a, someone invited me to go to a Panthers game one time, and they gave me a, a pass, and it belonged to somebody else, but I had their pass, their tickets, all that stuff. But you know what? I got everywhere that they could get because I had their card. So you know what? If you're going with Jesus in his name, you can access everything Jesus accesses. His Father, all of it, the Spirit, power, everything, you can access it when you go in his name. All right, and then receiving of sight, that's what happened when, when Jesus responded and he brought healing. Ephesians 1, 15, go ahead to verse 18. This is Paul's prayer. He's praying, but in verse 18, he says this, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That's Paul's prayer. He's praying over them, and he says, listen, I pray that your eyes, uh, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. God wants to open up our eyes to see things. And... Uh, in Psalms 146, verse 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. Luke 4, 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim captives will be free, uh, will be released, and the blind will see. The oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then Acts 26, we won't read that one, but basically it's where Paul is talking about his encounter when he was saw on the road. And it says these, he was struck with blindness. And then a couple of days later when, when he was healed of that, the scales fell off of his eyes. And I believe today that's what God wants to do, even in us, that the scales would fall off our eyes, that we would see things completely different. Because Paul, before his name was changed from Saul to Paul, he saw different. He saw God different. He saw, he saw the gospel different. He saw everything different when his eyes were open. And then the last part of that passage is the fact that everybody was there was rejoicing. After that miracle happened and his eyes were open and healing, you know what? Everybody rejoiced. Not just, not just the blind guy who was healed, not just his friends, the very people that were yelling at him to shut up were now rejoicing. Can I tell you something? Even the people that are against you today, when they see the miraculous in your life, things will change. Things will change. We, because of Jesus, we're the hope of the world. Because of Jesus, when he moves in our life, it changes everybody around us. 
because we're faithful to let God move. And when God moves, even the people that at once thinks we're inconvenienced, Lord, that we shouldn't be doing something, when they see the fruit of it, it's going to make a huge difference.